Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. This is the family project. Uh, last week we kicked this off, and for those that this is your, you weren't here last week, and you're wondering why in the world we have a table here on the platform, and you may be wondering and asking, where's the pulpit? Well, we moved it off stage, and we brought in our family table. This is the table that uh, Debbie and I raised our kids around. And of course, it had leaves in it, and it got bigger. I know Michelle was real concerned about that, but uh, but it got bigger. But this is the table that we raised our family around, and the family table is so very, very important. Last week, I shared with you, I guess uh, a good title for the message would simply be the importance of the family. Uh, the family is so very, very important uh, in our culture, uh, definitely in our church world and Christianity, and God has a lot to say about the family. This is where we build the foundation of our family is around the kitchen table. And it saddens my heart when I see families that don't eat together and families that don't dine together and sit around the table together. And and maybe that isn't you. Maybe you haven't built that into your DNA of your family. But if, if that's you, then I want to challenge you through this entire project, clean off the kitchen table. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Clean it off, remove everything, and start gathering the family around the table for mealtime and have discussion there. Last week I shared with you one of the worst things that you can do as a family is, is come around the table and, and prop up a, an iPad for the kids to play or something so they're quiet and so you can sit there. Leave all electronic devices away from the table. Gather around the table. Sit and talk with one another. And, and build, let this be the, the spiritual building ground for where you're building those values in your family. And so last week we talked a lot about that. Uh, it got pretty emotional with me sitting around this table and thinking about all the memories and all the stories and all the games. And we're big gamers and we love to play games as a family and all the games we played around the table and all the discussions that we have had and all the, the biblical spiritual lessons that we had and the battles that we had around the table, right? I mean, there's not a family in here that at some point you haven't raised your voice a little bit in the home, right? Right? We've all been there. Matter of fact, you remember I shared with you the story how we did not even find out about it till later, but we're selling our house and we had moved the china hutch, which matches this table and chair, and it was in the wall, on the wall there right over from the table. And when we moved that out, we noticed there's a hole in the wall about that, that big around, Right? You know what happened? This is what my daughter and my son got in some type of shouting match, and she throws the chair at him. He, misses, he dodges, and it goes into the wall and makes a hole. I said all that to say this. Whenever we're up here talking about family, a lot of times, a lot of times you look at the pastor and the pastor's family, and you think, oh, they're holier than thou, or they got it all together. Let me tell you, we don't have it all together, but we work every day to try to keep it together, Right? I mean, none of us are perfect, including myself. Our family's not perfect. And whoever stands before you and says, hey, we have a perfect family, 
Don't listen to that. No one has a perfect family. There are no perfect people, right? We all have hurts, habits, hang-ups. Just use the CR tagline. We all have shortcomings. We have places where we make mistakes. I know I've gathered my family together and, and, and weeping and crying, and I've asked them to forgive me of things that I've, I've omitted or, or things that I haven't done that I should have done or whatever the case may be because we all make mistakes. So last week I tried to unpack for you and, and share with you a little bit about the importance of the family. Well, today I want to talk a little bit more about the theology of the family. I know last week was pretty emotional, and uh, folks have been talking about that all week to me. And unfortunately, we had a podcast issue with the computer last week, and none of that was recorded on podcast. And so it was a kind of one and done. And so I um, hope you're able to share that. And uh, if you want the notes, I'll give it to you. But I'll tell you, I didn't stick real close to the notes. It was just a lot from the heart last week. Um, but anyway... I want you to understand the importance of the family. Guys, never underestimate that. And dads, step up to the table. You're the leader in that home. And I put a tremendous amount of responsibility on the dads because I think that's one of the biblical roles and responsibilities that we find in God's Word for the dad. So dad, step up. Lead your family. Wives, stay engaged. Get involved in your families. Moms and dads, stay involved in the life of your child and don't just push them off on someone else to raise, whether it be a grandma and a grandparent or a friend or the school system or the church. You are the primary faith trainer in your home. You are the spirit, one of the spiritual influencers, the most important one in your home. So let's engage in the family, okay? If you don't mind, I'm going to sit here at the kitchen table a little bit, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about the theology of the family. Guys, do you realize the DNA of all of us There is this innate desire that God has put in all of us to connect in relationships one with another. And one of the best places to do that is around the family table. Gathering together through the good, the bad, and the ugly, the the spiritual guidance, and I call it the the God-appointed times when you're able to speak biblical truth because of circumstances in the family's life into the family, or those times when you're just laughing and playing together around the family, there is a desire in every single one of us to connect in relationship one with another. And that is most lived out in the most intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. What a beautiful picture of the Trinity of God, of Christ in the church. There is no other more important relationship in the home than the intimate relationship between a husband and a wife and those two individuals leaving, cleaving, and weaving and becoming one flesh together in that home. It's one of the most important relationships in the family. So we're going to start a little bit there. We're going to start talking some about the theology of the family. We're going to look briefly into God's Word and try to get an idea of who started all of this. Well, whenever I share with you about the, the impact or the desire that every single one of us have to be in relationship and not in isolation one with another, the question is, where does that come from? What is the source of all of that? 
Whenever you think about the home, hopefully and prayerfully, there's a tremendous amount of love in your home. But where does that come from? Well, it comes from the Lord. I want you to look. I think I'll have it on the screen here. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 7, the Word of God says, Dear friends, let us, read it with me, love one another. Let's do it again. Dear friends, let us love one another. And I ask the question, why? Why should we love one another? Read this with me. Because love is from God. Love is from the Lord. Let me read to you just a quote from Gary Brantley. And he says this. He said, God appropriately is described fundamentally as love, as it says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 7. The triune God created humans to exist in relationships and not isolation just as god exists in in an eternal relationship as father son and holy spirit since man bears the image of god and and that consists of male and female to exist in relationship in this fundamental way human beings reflect the image of god we long to connect in meaningful ways to one another here's at the end of the day what i want you to understand whenever we gather around the table as a family And last week we talked about the importance of the family. As we gather around the table, I want you to understand every single one of the individuals in that family are uniquely shaped and created in the image of God. Right? And that's what Scripture teaches us. You'll see a lot of different answers to the question Are you created in the image of God? There are some folks that do not believe in God. So obviously they're going to say, no, we're not in the image of God. But does that change the fact that every single one of us are created in the image of God, whether you believe in God or not? No, it doesn't. I want you to look, number one, here's a few things I'm going to say about the family. Number one, we are created in the image of God. I want you to get a hold of that. I'm going to unpack that briefly, but I want you to think about this. Whenever you're around the table, when you're sitting with your family, I want you to remember the theology of the family. Every single one of us are created in the image of God. And that's going to mean some things that I'm going to unpack for you here in just a minute. But I want you to get the biblical concept of that. Okay? And we find that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in whose image? Our image. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So here I want you to see that God said, let us make man in our image. Every single one of us are created in the image of God. Now that means about three different things. First of all, it means there should be dignity in the home. Okay? I'm talking about a little bit of the practical side of it now. Because we are created in the image of God, there should be dignity in the home. And whenever I'm talking about dignity in the home, I'm talking about showing everyone in the family that there is true value with you in the family. Listen, I don't care how you were conceived. Understand me. I don't care how you were conceived. There are no 
accidents with God. There may be some parents make some accidents, but there's no accidents with God. Can I get a witness? Every man, woman, boy and girl, every child that's ever been born has been born and created in the image of God. And that life brings tremendous worth and value because of the image of God that they were created in. Are you, are you tracking with me here this morning, right? So there should be dignity in the home. In other words, there should be respect in the home. I don't care how you were conceived. I don't care how you made your way to the table. The fact that you are in the family, right, means that I am going to show respect to my wife. I'm going to show respect to my children. I'm going to show respect to my family. Why? Because the fact that they were created in the image of God drives us To have dignity in the home. I am blown away. Get this. Hold on with me here. I am blown away how some men and some women can be far more polite to a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant that they don't even know than to members of their own family that are sitting around the table. Right? If you say thank you to a waitress that's refilling your water or your tea, by the way, if you're getting tea, make it sweet tea. I don't know why in the world anybody drinks unsweetened tea, right? So if you're going to drink tea, make it sweet tea. And whenever they do come and fill up your tea glass, a total stranger that we don't even know, we will say thank you. But yet when our wife When our children, when our husbands do something for us around the table or in the home, we don't even say thank you. We're not even showing respect. So the point I'm trying to say is, as a family, because we are created in the image of God, there should be dignity in the home. There should be respect in the home. There should be tremendous value and worth with everyone that's around the table. In spite of our hurts and habits and hang-ups. In spite of our failures and our shortcomings. And guys, listen. In the home, we... In the home, you can't hide anything. I mean, when you live between the four walls of a house with an individual... There, everything's on the table. You can't hide anything, right? So we know what all the shortcomings are. We know what all the failures have been. But that should not change the fact that there should be dignity in the home. There should be a sense of value in the home. There should be a sense of respect in the home. Are you tracking with me? With me? Why? Because we're created in the image of God. But let's get off of dignity. Let's, let's go to destiny. Well, what is? Because we've been created in the image of God, you know what we are destined to do as individuals that are created in the image of God? We're destined to live a life of submission to the will of God for our life. Now, in the family, there should be that coaching of everyone in the family To live a life in submission to the will of God. Why? Why are we going to do that? Talk to me. Why are we going to do that? Because we are 
created in... Talk, talk to me, church. I do better when you talk back to me, okay? Because we are created in the image of God, right? So we're going to have dignity in the home. Why? Because we are... By the way, the answer for all these questions I'm going to give you right now is right in the middle. We're created in the image of God, okay? Just to give you a help, if you need a little cheat sheet, it's right there. The reason we're going to have dignity and respect and worth and value and, and respect in the home, why? Because we are... Created in the image of God. The reason we're going to be destined to live a life of obedience to the will of God in the family. Why? Is because we are created. Now that will be challenged. If not every day, at least probably every week. And I know every month as you raise your family. And I can't tell you the times. I cannot tell you the times when we had to make decisions as parents, by the way, parents, time out right here. Let's sidebar. This, this is going to be a commercial. It's not going to cost you a thing. I'm going to give it to you for free, right? We need more parents today that are parenting their children and not trying to be their child's best friend. Hello? Are you with me? I mean, there have been some decisions that we have made around the table because we're destined to be obedient to the will of God. Why? Because we're created in the image of God and we made those decisions around the table that sometimes our children did not like. But you know what? That's okay. We told them more than once, I'm your dad. I'm your mother. I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm trying to be your parent. When you become a parent, you'll understand. Right, Dustin and Talia? When you become a parent, you'll understand. Are you with me, church? But as for me and my house, as Joshua said, finish it for me, we will serve the Lord. And in doing that, our destiny for our family is to live a life in submission to the will of God. In other words, I'm going to be obedient to the Word of God. And the reason I'm going to be obedient is because we, all around the table, have been created in the image of God. Boy, I, my mind, I just, I'm flooded with memories and stories and real-life situations and conversations that we had around this very table sitting at 614 Knip Avenue in Mascuda in that little lit dining room area. I'll never forget some of the conversations that we had where we as parents had to make decisions for our family because we were destined to be obedient to the will of God because we were created in the image of God. Let me share one with you. And by the way, there are many. And by the way, when I share my stories, I'm not implying you should go and do anything. I'm just sharing with you my story to try to illustrate the point. Now, I am implying you ought to be obedient to the will of God. I am implying you ought to be obedient to the Word of God. But let me share, you, share with you a story that would somewhat illustrate this fact that the Cannon family, we were destined and still are destined to live in the will of God, which means being obedient to His Word. Here's one case in point illustration. I hesitate to even share this, but I'm going to share it because it fits. It's not bad. Hold on, Tyler. He's over there like, oh, sweaty. 
he said, Kristen's got an out today. And, but it has to do with Tyler. But it's nothing that he did. He played Corey League baseball. The whole time we were in Mascuda raising our kids, he played on the Corey League baseball team. Well, we're all season long. We have games on Saturday, and every Saturday morning we're at some ballpark all across the area, and we're playing baseball to who, uh, who knows whenever. And I can't tell you how many times we drug our chairs out to these ballparks and sat by the dugout or sat by the fence and watched these ball games. Parents, you've done that, right? We've all done that. I love doing that. I still love doing that today, okay? So I'm not against any of that. However, it came time for the big Corey League baseball tournament, okay? It's a whole weekend, and I don't know if they still do it like this or not, but back when Tyler played, they did it this way. And, and his, team, his team never really was a championship team, but they won a few games. Of course, they lost some, but they kind of got in the playoff round, and, and we didn't worry much about it because we kind of thought they'll get, they'll get knocked out on Saturday. They're not going to have to play on Sunday in the championship game, right? Well, guess what? They win. Not one, but two games on Saturday. Wow! Well, guess what that meant? That meant they played at like 11 o'clock on Sunday morning the Corey League Championship baseball game for his age division. We had a decision to make around this table. You see where this comes into play? I'm just trying to be very practical and very real with you. Because, hold on church, Because we are created in the image of God, we are destined to be obedient to the will of God. And God's Word said in Hebrews 10.25 that we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. Alright? So here we are with the decision. But it's just one game. It's just one Sunday. You know, I get that. I understand that. But this is, this is more than just a game. This is a principle. When you start violating principles, you start tearing out the entire foundation of your home. You might as well go out to your home and, and just get you a big sledgehammer and start knock, knocking you a chunk. Just, listen, go and do it. Just knock one hole in it. It's just one hole. It's just one hole. Are you with me? It's just one hole in the foundation of your... Just knock one hole in it. Just the size of a sledgehammer. How about that? Just knock one hole in it. There's not one of us in our right mind that's going to take a sledgehammer and go out to our house and knock one little hole in it. In the foundation, are we? But we do that in our home when we don't parent with godly principles. Are you with me, church? So we had to make a decision. Man, I wanted. I grew up playing sports. I love athletics. I've played every sport there is. I mean, to this day, I still have. It's, I, I'm kind of proud of this. I still have the school record for the most quarterback sacks at Eastburg High School as a senior in 1984. You know what I had? I had five quarterback sacks in one game. Woo! It's still on the record books at Eastburg High School in Eichard, North Carolina, Burke County, right? Now, they don't say Eichard. It's spelled the letter I-C-R. They say Eichard, okay? You, well, anyway, that's another story. I love sports. So here I am, 
a guy that loves sports. My son's in the championship baseball game for Corey League Baseball. Woohoo! Right? What's going to be our decision? I'm at a crossroads here. Am I going to sacrifice every decision and every principle and every practical aspect of the Word of God that we raised our children with around this home for one game? Well, it sounds like that would be okay to do. It sounds like that would be kind of acceptable, doesn't it? But if I would have allowed that, you know what would have happened? We would have set a precedent to where we allow it for special games. You know how many special games you're going to have in a lifetime of a child? A ton. Right? So what did we decide to do? Well, because we are destined to be obedient to the will of God, because we are, talk to me, because we are created in the image of God, we said, son, I know you want to play in that game. And I love, I would love to be there to cheer you on in that baseball game. However, you know as well as I do that Sunday morning's church. We got to go to church. We don't have to. We're going to church. That's what we do, right? So, therefore, you're not going to be at the game. I remember Marty was his coach, and I told Marty, I said, Marty, sorry, Tyler won't be there. He said, you're kidding me, right? I said, no. He said, it's a championship game. I said, I understand that. He won't be there. He said, you do know if he's not there, we will have to forfeit this game. They did not have enough players. I said, sorry, he's not going to be there. We're going to church. He was hot. The rest of the team, those other parents that live vicariously through their children. Did you hear what I just said? I didn't mean to say that. I can't believe I actually said that out loud. They were furious. We're going to have to forfeit because you want to go to church? You've got to understand, at that time our church was in Muscoutum, right beside the ballpark. You could stand on the baseball field where they were playing and look about a couple hundred yards over and there was our church. And my son was just going to be a couple hundred yards from him, but he's going to be there. I said, listen, we'll bring him over before. We'll sign the card. He'll sign the roster. He'll do all that. But we're going over to church. And as soon as it's over, he'll be right over. And I'll try my best to preach short that day. (laughs) And we'll get there as quick as we can. But we're going to church. Well, they were pretty hot. But that's the decision we made. Guess what happened? Did they forfeit? No. Did Tyler play in that championship game? Yes. You know what happened? That Sunday morning, there was a storm cloud that came over Muscoota. And there was a lightning strike that cleared the field for 45 minutes. Nobody could play. I kid you not. Ask them. We didn't really know what was going on. We went to church. As soon as church was over, we hustled over and got over there, and they're just taking the field. They said, come on, Tyler, the game hasn't even started. There was a lightning strike that hit, and now we're ready to play this game. Woo! Praise the Lord. Are you with me? But you know what happened? That That helped 
to solidify the spiritual foundation we were building in the life of our children because we were destined to be obedient to the will of God because we were created in the image of God. And God said, I am going to honor that decision. None of you are playing ball till my boy gets out of church. Amen? But let me tell you something, parents. Those are hard decisions to make. And you just have to ask yourself, what is the most important decision to make? That our family is in the will of God and we're building. And by, by the way, all of that discussion we had around this table numerous times. But are we going to make those decisions? I think we have to as parents because we're created in the image of God. And then the last one there is freedom. You know what freedom leads us to do because we're created in the image of God, because God loves us? And I've got to be quick with this one. I don't have time to unpack it much. But it gives us the ability to choose. Because God loves us so much, He made us all free will moral agents. In other words, we get to choose. We get to make those decisions if we're going to be obedient to the Lord. We get to make those decisions if we're going to live a life in destiny to be an obedient to the will of God because we're created in the image of God. Well, I've got to quickly get off that point. I was, I was probably too long on it anyway. Number two, get this one. Not only were we created in the image of God, which brings dignity and destiny and freedom in the family, but secondly, I want you to get this. He created both man and woman to be image bearers of the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to see. I think go to the next one, I believe. There's another slide there where he created both man and woman to be image bearers. And maybe I don't have it there, and that would be my fault. I think I built these slides like at 1 o'clock this morning, something like that. So he created both man and woman to be image bearers. Guys, do you realize all of us, men and women, we have equal value in the sight of God? Do you understand that? We have equal value we didn't need some 1970s women's lib movement to rise up to bring women equal to man. God has always said, you have equal value. Are you with me? If we just get back to the Word of God, we could do away with a lot of these organizations our government store millions of dollars to. By the way, that's, I didn't mean to say that either. I can't believe I'm saying some of that stuff out loud, right? But the Word of God brings value, equal value to both man and woman because we were both created in the image of God. Now, understand, in doing that, we bear God's image somewhat differently because there are different roles and there are different responsibilities between a husband and a wife coming together to make up the home when they sit around the table. Now, I wish I had time to unpack for you the roles and the responsibilities. But listen, a family is one man and one woman coming together in equal value and reflecting the image of God in different ways because there are different roles and responsibilities. I just want you to get that. Ladies, and by the way, guys, take your Hitler hat off. Nowhere in the Word of God has God called you to be a male chauvinist dictator type of a pig. I knew you ladies would like that, right? 
You're not to be the dictator. You say, I'm the leader of the home. You do what I say. I sit back in my recliner, bring me my remote or whatever. No, you don't demand that. Now, you may get that because you have a wife that loves you. And when it comes, I say, thank you. Right? But I don't sit back and demand that. Okay? Boy, I, I've got to get off of that one. I, I can't stay too long on that one. I want you to look at verse number 27. It says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And guys, I'm, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in weeks moving forward. But we don't need a census group. And we don't need a politician. And we don't need a new law to define for us what the family is, con is consisted of. We know what the family consists of. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. Right? Can I lean into that a little bit? Are you guys with me? It's a man and a woman coming together. Leave. Parents. Actually, it's receive. Receive your mate. Leave your parents. Cleave one to another. And then to give them the weaving process, and that's a whole lot of fun, of becoming one flesh, right? That's what oneness in marriage is all about. But that's between one man and one woman. They both were created in the image of God, but we reflect God's image differently because there are different roles and there are different responsibilities in the home. But let me give you the third one, and I want to close with this one. We are in the image and the likeness of God to the world. Now, here's what I want you to see. We are the image and we are the likeness of God to the world. Guys, I don't expect the world to live out the principles that I've shared with you here this morning. They're not living a life in submission to the will of God, right? They're not living a life in submission to the Word of God. But I do expect every born-again believer, every Christ follower... Everyone that calls themselves a Christian, I do expect them to start living out these principles. And by the way, by the way, hold on. Uh, I hope this is not going to be too harsh. And I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you're not willing to live out the principles of the Word of God, then don't go out there and tell people you are a Christ follower. Don't go out there and tell them you are a Christian. Because you are shedding negative light. You're bringing a reproach on the name of Christ. You're bringing a reproach on the church. You're bringing a reproach on the gospel if you're not going to live out the principles in the Word of God when you call yourself a Christ follower. Amen. Right? Listen, we are the image and we are the likeness of God to who? The world. They're watching us. By the way, I want you to read a verse of, a verse of Scripture. I'm not sure I have it for you in, in the, on the slides up there. But Ephesians 4, 32 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. And then Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Those two verses of Scripture tell us 
that the world is watching. That Ephesians 2.10 passage where it says, For we are God's workmanship. What does that mean? We are God's workmanship. What does that mean? You know what it means? It means that we are God's masterpiece. In other words, we are the individuals that claim to be Christ's followers, and He wants to put us on display for the world to see. We're His masterpiece, right? We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born again, following Christ, living out a Christian life. Now, whenever an artist creates a masterpiece, typically they're going to take that piece of art to what? An art gallery, right? And they're going to hang it on the wall. And then they're going to put a bench in front of it because they want people to walk in there, pay money to go sit on the bench and look at that piece of art. You ever done that? I've done it once or twice. <laughs> I don't know if I have that much patience, but, but thank God for those that do. But I've gone over to St. Louis to that art museum and I sit there and I'm like, wow. And I really am amazed at some of the art that's there. But I always like to read the story of the artist, Right? And so I usually read the story of the artist and who he or she is and what was going on in their life and what this is supposed to be, and, and I enjoy reading that. Guys, listen. God does the same thing for every single one of us according to this passage of Scripture. We are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece. And He wants to put us on display for the world to see. And what He wants you to see is not a perfect picture, not a perfect masterpiece, but a but a. A, a family, let's put the family portrait there. He wants to see the family. He wants to put it on display to the world. And he wants the world to see a family that's trying their best every single day to live out the principles of the Word of God. And the caption is going to be created in the image of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the canon family. Right? Put your name in there. And now what we've got to be is on display for the world to see. So get this, when we love, we reflect the love of God. When we forgive, we, ref we reflect the forgiveness of God. When we are kind, we reflect the kindness of God. When we are patient, we reflect the patience of God. Are you guys tracking with me at all here? That's what we are to be. Because we are redeemed by the Lord. Because we are created in the image of God. We are on display for the world to see. So guys, let's bring it all home here. Not, the band can come because I'm just about done here. Let's, let's, let's land this thing and let's try to end it. Where does all of that start? Whenever we think about being created in the image of God, both Man and woman created in the image of God. Both were created for the world to see. Where does all of that begin? Right here. All of those principles, all the theology of the family, it really begins at the altar with a marriage between a groom and a bride. But then they move into the home. And there they sit around the table. And as they start having children, 
now they are sharing some of the biblical principles of God's Word with the home. They're building that spiritual foundation and they're practically living out the Word of God on a daily and weekly and monthly and yearly basis. And they're being systematic about that. They're being intentional about that. They have some methods in place in doing that. They've decided to lead the family in a particular way so that they live out their destiny and live in obedience to the will of God. And I promise you, you do that week after week and month after month. And you're going to have some setbacks. And you're going to have some problems. And you're going to have some disappointments. And some around the family are going to do some things that don't live up to the expectations of the family, the expectations of the Word of God. And that's when you show forgiveness. You continue to show love. You continue to show mercy and grace and compassion and patience. And now you're reflecting the image of God. I wanted to illustrate it, but I've run out of time. I wanted to illustrate it by bringing my camera up here and taking a picture of you. And then displaying the image on the screen of whoever I chose to take a picture of. And then I was going to ask you a question. Let's just say I chose Philip Pantovich and I take a picture of him. And I was going to have it hardwired in, but I ran out of time. And, and I pointed to this picture of Philip Pantovich on the screen here. And I would ask you, is that Philip Pantovich? And probably everybody in here would say, yes, it is. And I would say, no, it is not. Because that image can't speak back to me it can't talk to me but it does reflect the person that I just took the picture of guys that's somewhat of an illustration of us as Christ followers I want you to visualize if you will God has taken his camera and he's taken a picture of you right and he's reflecting it off himself in the mirrors of the camera. There's some trickery involved. And when the image is processed, it should be you reflecting the attributes of a holy God. So in the home, there's going to be respect because God is respectful. In the home, there's going to be love because God is love. In the home, there's going to be patience. Because our God is also patient. In the home, there's going to be forgiveness. Because our God is a God that forgives. And why are we going to do all of this? Because we are created in His image. And the home should reflect the image of God to the world. And when the world looks at your home, and your home, and your home, and your home, and your home, as a Christian home, they should see the attributes of a holy God. Not that you are always holy or that you are perfect, because none of us are. But they should see you living out something that looks just different from the world's view of a family. Are you with me? We are reflecting the image of God. 
And it's manifest around the table with the family. The good and the bad and the ugly. The fun times and the hard times. The times when we're laughing. I can't tell you the laughter that's taking place around this table. And the times that we're weeping because we're hurting around this table. This was the table I remember when I sat next to my wife in the year 2000 when her father passed away. And we sat around this table and talked about that. We shed some tears around this table. But this is also the table where game night took place. And there were some spirited games around this table. Some tremendous laughter around this table. But you know what that does? My prayer for our family is that we reflect the image of God. That's my prayer. We're not perfect. And if you watch us long enough, it will, listen, it won't take you long to see the flaws. We have them. We all do. But I hope that you can say with myself that our desire is for our family to reflect to the world an image of our God. Because I can't begin to tell you how good and merciful and gracious and forgiving and kind that my God has been to me and to my wife and to our kids. I want to live every day for Him. And the way I treat my family is a reflection of my relationship with God. I want to be kind to them because God's kind to me. I want to be loving to them because God is loving to me. I want to be patient with them because God is patient with me. I want to be thankful for them because God is thankful for me. I want to help them succeed in whatever it is they want to do in life and whatever path they choose because my God has helped me succeed in the path that I have chosen. He has a plan laid out for me before the foundations of the world for all of us. I want to help my family find the plan and the path that God has for them individually because God has done that for me. Oh, and the list could go on and on. But how are things around your table? You say, boy, we got some work to do. Join the club. We all do. Every one of us do. So I wonder right now, this is our invitation, and I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, and I, I'm done. And But I do want to pray with you. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, may I ask you a couple of questions? If you feel there's some work to do around your table with your family, then right now, would you just surrender to the Lord? Say, God, I don't have all the answers. And Lord, I know there's some areas in my life and some areas in our family that we need to work on. 
Father, I need you. Right now, I surrender my life to you. I surrender our family to you. Father, I want there to be dignity in my home. And I realize there may not be because I haven't been reflecting the image of God. I have forgotten that I've been created in your image. There hasn't been respect in my home. There there hasn't been kind words said. The appreciation has not been shown. God, I pray you forgive me. Help me, God, to bring dignity to our home. And God, help me to bring destiny to our home. And our destiny as a child of God is to be obedient to the will of God. And help us, Lord, to live out principles in our home that allow us to be obedient to you. Father, I just pray right now for every man, woman, boy, and girl, and every individual, every family that's here. God, that you help us. That our families will reflect your image to a world that is watching us. Help us, God, to glorify you with our families. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.